Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's good, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Uh, We're going to break down episode six of uh, that uh, Blowing Money Fast, the BMF documentary that's on stars. And uh, I really enjoyed this documentary. Those that know me know I really like documentaries, though. So with that being said, got to take it with a grain of salt because I am a big fan of docs. But this is a very good documentary. It does cover new information that wasn't previously told before and it's very detailed i like this documentary the only problem that i have had about this documentary so far is that it's just 30 minutes each episode they made it eight episodes whereas i think they could have did an hour and just made it four episodes but for whatever reasons business pleasure both it is what it is and i think that's a testament to how good it is as far as wanting more um but again i like documentaries so what can i say uh before i really get into the meat and potatoes of this uh episode uh let me give a couple shouts out hope everybody had uh Look at that. I put this here because it looked like it's just water floating in my hand for a second because of the color of the bottle. <laughs> Hope everybody had a uh, a good uh, holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Turkey Day. Reggie M. What's good, my brother? Philadelphia man. <laughs> Tina, what's up? Samara, hey, hey, what's up? Yolanda, how you doing? Uh, Ill Woods, what's good, man? How you doing? So <clears throat> I appreciate all of you all for coming out, supporting, rocking with me, because I already know people got options in life from watching plenty of other things to reading things, do whatever. So coming here to support me, definitely appreciate it. And also, I'm going to start back with some sports coming uh, pretty soon. So, I know Reggie M, keep a lookout. Sports talk is coming back. So, we'll see. I know you think the Eagles is doing all right, but they got a weak schedule. So, 
I'm gonna have to get in uh, sports talking and, and try to correct some some people in sports world. But anyway, that's a different topic, different subject. I ain't gonna hate on the Eagles. Anyway, my Bears ain't doing nothing. BMF though, they was really doing it big. I mean, some of the things that Meech was doing. Wow. I mean, he took it to a whole nother level. The king of the jungle party where he had tigers and elephants. Like what? So I'm about to break it on down and, uh, you know, talk about the episode. Because when we last left off, it was talking about how they they were starting to get a bigger, uh, you know, eye on them from the law because of that double homicide at Club Chaos where Puffy and Bodyguard and another associate were killed. Um, and they put a big target on their back. And they knew Meech didn't do the actual killing because it was no gun residue, all of that stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, to point that it wasn't him. But they knew that he was a boss and they started trying to put it together. Um to, to put their case together and after that club chaos incident with the double murder Meech was on house arrest Terry was furious about all the stuff going on all the attention Meech was bringing to the to the organization and, and you know talking on the phone and at his 34th birthday party is where everything went down um, the last episode, they said that Meech crew was there, got on the mic, trying to give a couple shout outs, this, that, and the other. Terry mad. Terry and his crew, they end up pulling guns and Meech and his crew. So they each had guns on each other. And that was the seriousness of their relationship, how bad it got. And uh, they say that that was pretty much the end of business between the two brothers and that BMF kind of split between East Coast, West Coast somewhat, you know, from Terry and his crew running it out out West to Meech and his people in Atlanta. And so, uh, you know, they got a lot of different people that talks in the documentary and one of the big members of BMF, Wayne, was saying that he used to always try to keep them together, but that brotherly sibling rivalry was strong. And, uh, you know, this other guy, Big Cuz, he was like, man, it was like Cain and Abel, man. They were like, it was something, man, them brothers, man. So, you know, they had a real beef between each other with the business, but then a sibling rivalry as well. And Meech even alluded to Terry always wanted to kind of be the big brother, but can't be the big brother because, you know, they nothing you can do about that. So, I don't know, but, you know, that was the end of their partnership as a single unit at that party. They kind of fractured. And so, uh, one of Meech's lawyers, he was talking and he was saying about how bad the cop's case was and they didn't have any evidence and all this and that, but they were really coming hard for Meech and he didn't understand why. 
And he said he didn't know about all the drug information at the time. Of course, what was he going to say? But he basically said that they didn't have what was needed. And eventually he got the case dismissed. It was like uh, May 2004. He got the case dismissed and uh, the charges for Meach thrown out and the house arrest over. So, of course, what Meach you going to do? He going to party big. He chartered a flight to Mexico. The whole plane. They was everybody on the plane like, man, this was like Soul Plane, man. And they have video footage of them on the plane and everything. Everybody in the music industry in Atlanta damn near at the time was on the plane. Um, they had the brat. She was on the plane. Jeezy. Lil John. Yeah. Yeah. They had Lil Wine on that mug. So that that plane was packed. Uh they had Megan Good on there. Megan Good was there. Everything. I mean, Meach paid for every room in the hotel. And that Max, he paid, he chartered the flight, paid for every room in the hotel for everybody, paid for everything. Bone Crusher was there <laughs> outside of the club, and you think I'm a punk? I actually met Bone Crusher once at this uh, clothing store, but anyway, Kid Capri, Kid Kid Pinto, I knew him when he was Kid Pinto. He was there, so like they had all kind of Blue Da Vinci. <laughs> Blue Da Vinci. So, you know, they was in uh, Mexico and Cancun uh, partying up. And, you know, meanwhile, Terry, he renamed his crew the 263 crew, which is basically BMF on the telephone. You know, because, you know, they got the letters on the phone. So. He renamed them the 263 crew. They not on speaking terms right now. And they pretty much was operating as sole entities. Uh, pretty much doing their own thing separately. Now Terry was never really much of a partying type person. So he was even more laser focused on business and making moves. And Meech is really partying, living it up happy to be free all of that stuff and you know right now the cops they not really learning anything about the organization from meach because meach ain't really talking on the phone much doing a lot of that type of stuff but they were learning a lot from terry now meach had this big king of the jungle birthday party and it was big. That's why I said he had the tigers, elephants, all that. And the cops, he had flyers. <laughs> Beach crazy, man. He had a bunch of... And, and they're going to say something that I actually believe. Because it's based off of his behavior. I think that they were right. But they had he put out flyers advertising all this stuff. They end up going to do a stakeout. I mean, he basically told them. And uh, they said they saw this stuff. They saw nude women walking around with nothing but body paint as they outfits and stuff. And, uh, you know, it was it was wild. The cops was even blown away. And uh, they was like, yeah, it's all because Meech was inspired by Scarface. And so this is him 
saying he the king of the jungle, the world is his. And the cops was like, that was perfect because it was like a who's who of the dope game in that time period right there because they all showed up for that party all in one spot. That's always a no-no. And so, uh, you know, they also, at the same time, was building that case on Meech. They had uh, thousands of hours of conversation recorded with Terry making all kind of moves, saying all kind of stuff over the phone. They was recording it. But they said Meech would change his phones a lot, and they wasn't able to do that with Meech as easy. And so, uh, you know, hold on, let me adjust this camera. All right. Because <laughs> they said Meech was very cautious with the phones and stuff, so they wasn't able to do that with him. Um, and they could never put Meech in the same place with the drugs. Meech was smart in doing that, and it made it more difficult for them. But Meech didn't fully understand conspiracy and that's what they said. And this is what I say. I believe him because he was doing it with the literal sense of I'm not touching it. I'm not at that location. I'm not with those people or you're not catching me saying it. So therefore, you, you got nothing. But what he wasn't realizing is conspiracy only needs for two other people to be working you they only need to prove two other people work for you in a criminal organization and so by him having all this money and then all they got to do is prove that he's telling other people to do whatever it is they doing you don't even got to catch him in the act you just got to have proof that he was telling others to do it and they operating on his behalf and uh, I think he didn't really understand the gravity of that. Because if he did, he probably would have changed his ways. I would hope so. Um, now, they did have Meech. Because he talks on the phone in this documentary, like in interviews and stuff. And uh, he said one thing that he always believed in is karma. And that's why he tried to do people right bring them into the organization without trying to kill people and shoot up people and stuff like that. Say that wasn't how he was raised. That's not what they was trying to be about. But in 2004, these two people was killed in Atlanta and it started to put, you know, a bigger target on their name. Police getting mad because it ended up being a man and a woman and they say the woman was killed because she was there, but they were really coming after the man. And that they were both killed execution style. Money and jewelry and stuff was left behind, so they knew it wasn't about a robbery. And that their door was kicked in at like 4 in the morning when this happened. Turned out that guy that was killed was cooperating with the police against BMF. And he flipped, basically. They, he ended up getting killed. And the mayor's son-in-law was arrested. Now, the mayor's son-in-law was working with this dude. And this dude was about to, like, point to the mayor's son-in-law 
Or rather, they said something like he was the only one that could point to the mayor's son-in-law and say that he was involved in criminal activities and he ended up dead. Now, his name was Hack, or they called him Hack. And they say that uh, to this day, the murder of him and that woman is still unsolved. So that was 2004. That was almost 20 years ago. Um, and then that made the target even larger on BMF because now this woman is killed in a senseless murder. And so cops was pissed. They was talking about they didn't want to take breaks. They was ready to work overtime. The, the super cop in the show, Jack Harvey, uh, that loved to try to bust people and be all on them. Even Meech was like, this dude was on my ass. But uh, he was pissed. He was mad that woman was killed. Um, Meech said that cops started really coming and playing dirty, raiding his house without warrants. He would come in and see dirty dog footprints all in the carpet and stuff everywhere. And he like, yeah, they didn't even have warrants, so they just come and mess up stuff and leave just to be bothering them. And so, you know, Meech, he was, you know, getting more paranoid, stopped talking on the phone, doing all that stuff. Um, and the police was talking about that was making it harder because when Meech stopped talking, you know, when you go to get a wire, or a warrant for a wire from a judge, it's a certain amount of time, whether it's a week, six months, whatever the case, that that wire is available. And then if you don't have a reason to continue to wire, it expires and you can no longer, you know, listen in. And so they were running out of time and Meech wasn't giving them anything. So what they did, and this is crazy, boy, right here. They said what they did is a strategy called Tickle the Wire. And what they did is they ended up following this dude named O-Dog, Minister Society, who was like one of Meech's favorite people, you know, top seller. Meech love him. So they following him around, come to find out why they tapping him. He asked this girl about can he drop some dry cleaning off and leave it in her closet or something. So she was about to go out of town. She like, yeah, that's cool. So they like, yeah, we know what dry cleaning is. So the cops follow him. They talking about this dude speeding the whole way there, all of that. But they follow him. Wait till he get the dry cleaning. And then they pull him over at a traffic stop. Turn out they found 10 kilos he had 10 kilos of coke. So now it's a problem. But what they did is they took the drugs and his car and let him go and say, have a nice day. So they said they did that to force them to start talking. Now he got to get on the phone and call some people, tell them what happened. They're going to start asking questions. The cops did that to force them to start talking on the phone and giving up info to create conversation. And the crazy thing is they was laughing like, yeah, it worked. <laughs> Damn. Damn. So they was listening. They like, yeah, he made the call. They like, well, what happened? He told them what happened, this, that, and the other. They like, well, why you ain't arrested? And so then they start making it look suspicious. 
you got all this stuff, but they ain't arrest you. You snitching. What's happening? This, that, and the other. They talking all this and that. They said dude was so scared when he was trying to tell them. He had to keep calling back. He was stuttering in there. They took the car. Hang back. So they laughing. They like, yeah, but that was good. Got more info out. Everything. It caused a lot of confusion in their organization. And, you know, it, it really messed them up. Because they were on the right track of not saying stuff. And the wire was about to run out. And do, by doing that, it put them right back in the problems. So, anybody in the drug uh, game nowadays might be wanting to take notes. Although, it's even harder, I'm sure, to do stuff like this now with all the surveillance out there in the world. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, Yogi was the glue for the organization because Yogi, this woman, was the go-between between Meech and everybody else. So Meech would tell Yogi stuff, then she would go tell everybody, and whatever she knew, she would tell him. So what they end up finding out, they's like, yeah, once we found that out, we started listening to her. Boy, she talk a lot. <laughs> Damn. Women and telephones. But um bump. <laughs> anyway, so Meech gave all the orders to Yogi, which then she gave orders to other people to follow, which then put the conspiracy together. He's the boss giving orders to this person who then gives orders to other people. It's a criminal organization. And once they had that in place, it wasn't looking too good for Meechie. And so, uh, you know, they they uh, saw he was the boss and they still didn't have enough evidence yet to to put him all the way under or rather in. <laughs> but uh, they said before Thanksgiving of 2004, they started conducting riots and they hit all the BMF houses at the same time. But before it happened. Like a day or two before it happened, this dirty cop came to Meech's house in his drawers in like a, a wife beater. They said he came dab near butt naked so he could see he wasn't wearing no wire. And he said, man, it's about to be a big or, you know, raid. If I was you, I'd take all them pretty cars and get the hell out of the town because um, they coming. And so Meech gave him $10,000 and dude left. And Meech basically got the hell out of there. And so uh, it said Meech was riding around with Yogi. And while he was riding with Yogi, he said that he would be looking to see if they would follow him all the time. And he told her when they got to this red light to run the light. And so she run the light. And uh, he said, sure enough. He see this gray Mustang run the light. So he was like, all right. He told her we'd be cool because he knew they didn't have nothing on him other than smoking a blunt. But he was like, look, it's about to go down. You can pull over and get out and I'll do this and run or whatever. It's up to you. She was like, no, nah, I told you I'm ride or die. We in this for life. So 
I ain't going nowhere. And she said, I'm riding with you, brother. And that's where the episode ended. So, you know. Beach said he was worried, though, because he had just got 200 bricks delivered to the White House the morning before the raid. It came early. And so he was like, he told everybody, just get the hell out of there. Everybody leave. And and that's where they ended that that episode. So I don't know. But it was good, man. They they covered a lot. D Weave, you say Meach was so slick the cops couldn't pinpoint where he lived. That's true. He was all over the place. Reggie, you say, do you think the stars show will get into the party and stuff? Oh, they've been covering the party in a lot. Damian Kenny, at least the brothers didn't try to destroy each other. It came close. It said they pulled out guns, uh, but Meech wasn't there. He was on house arrest, so that was a cruise. But they fell out. Um, but they didn't get to that point. At least. That's good. Ja Alexander, they should have made this four parts of this dragon soon as it gets good it's over i agree i agree that's what i said earlier that they should have put this as an hour and just made four parts because as soon as it's getting good it is over 30 minutes is really short for a doc because docs move slow anyway by nature people talking information so 30 minutes it's just getting going it's just getting good and it's over. You know, movies, it's all kind of stuff that could be going on. But documentaries, people telling the story. And hour is a good time for a, a documentary. I mean, Shaq's documentary at an hour is excellent. Um, and plenty others. And this is good. And I think it would be even better if a person watched it, you know, binge watched it. Because then you could just bang, bang, bang. <laughs> but it's good, though. Yeah, you don't like the 26 minutes? I agree. You say, kind of makes me wonder if the power spinoffs will be good since it's taking long. Uh, Well, I mean, they all this stuff takes about a year to come out. And it's not that it takes a year to make. It's just that the pipeline of the business is usually a year behind six months to a year so you know that that force they filmed that already but it won't come out to probably next summer um book two was filmed at like the beginning of this year it won't come out until probably march uh, so, you know, there's a lot going on with that stuff, but they'll bring it out. I don't think that the delay has anything to do with quality. It's just more of the pipeline of the business. Dame Kenny, you say cops came to meet house in ATL and his draws. Hashtag pause. No. A cop. A single cop, and they said that he might have been a crooked cop, but 
a single cop came to Meech House in his draws and gave him the warning that, you know, you about to it's about to be a raid. And they said he came like that so Meech knew he wasn't wearing a wire or it wasn't a setup. And Meech gave him $10,000 for that info, is what they said. <laughs> if the cops came to his house deep in draws, he'd be like, oh, man, you really is about to get fucked. <laughs> Come here, Meech. I got my nightstick ready. <laughs> no, man, but uh, that's funny. But yeah, man, it was it was a good episode. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a Moscow, and then we gonna get up out of here. All right, the Moscow is my rating system. Four simple categories, twenty five points each category, give you a total of one hundred. You can always round it down to a number between 1 and 10 by dropping the decimal. So, this is a documentary, which I do judge a little different than movies and TV shows. And let's get to it. Visuals, cinematography, they are using a lot of video and clips and pictures from the time period. To help illustrate their uh, points. And I like seeing that. Seeing some of the old clips of the brat and them trying to get on the plane. It was cool. I will give it a 20. Uh, Storyline and plot, excellent. The only problem I have is it's just so short. But I'm going to give it a 25. Because this is a great story of what they did and accomplished and went through. And it's just... A lot of things, you know, about it that's sad. I mean, it's clear Meech was a very talented, charismatic person. What if he could have used that in a different avenue in life? What what could have happened? So, I don't know. Special effects, makeup, costume, there isn't any other than what people are wearing. And I will give that a 10. And as far as entertainment fun factor, I really like this documentary and I'm going to give it a 20. I think it's very good, entertaining. Brings it to a total Moscow of a 75, which you could round up to an 8 or a 7. But I think it would be, I would give it about a 75 is about right. So Doc... And it's good. I might give it an 8. But, you know, that's about right. What do you guys think? What do you guys feel about that? What's up, Savannah Rivers? Switch my, my, my gin and juice. So, I enjoyed it. Big Red, you give it an 80. I agree. It's good. Alright. Yeah, I was shocked to see Megan Good there. And one thing on the side note, it made me think like, damn, man, I really didn't party 
like I should have. It made me kind of wish I was there. I ain't going to lie to you. I was like, damn, man, they was doing one. That Mexico trip, all them people chartered the plane, party, and everybody that talked about it, they like, man, that was like the best time of my life. <laughs> hey, it did look like a great time, though, so I, I can see why they would feel that way. And, yeah, I I, I kind of felt like, damn, I would have loved a party on that one, boy. That would have been a good one. They was like, man, we ain't go to sleep for like a week. They went to the same club every night, packed it out. I mean, they had some fun, so. Said GN looked like Sapphire. <laughs> Bombay. It's that Bombay, baby. 80 because it's short. That's annoying. And that's how I feel, too. That's the only problem I have with it is that it's short. But other than that, it's all gravy. I'm up out of here, y'all. I hope everybody had a happy holiday. I hope everybody got enough turkey, some some Black Friday deals. Um, I hope everybody is, uh, you know, enjoying their holiday season. And uh, I'll catch y'all on the next one tomorrow. Everybody have a good night. Oh, and also... Check out The White Lotus on HBO. Man, that is a good show. I really like that show, The White Lotus, season two. And this episode, I knew that dude, it was a twist. I knew it was a twist with that dude that she was messing with. And it sure enough showed it tonight. And I was like, oh, snap. Oh, snap. So... Anyway, if you guys like that show, let me know in the comments. If it's any other shows or things that you're watching you want me to review, let me know. I'll see y'all on the next video. Peace. And y'all be safe. Have a great holiday. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Deuces. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.